Drusco podcast. My question for you is, what would you do if you became president to help the working class? Well, you know, the, I think the, the principal thing right now is housing. That the price of housing is uh, is going up, and it's beyond the reach of mm -hmm. most Americans. Along with oil and gas and food. Yeah, yeah. Well, inflation mm -hmm. is is hurting everything. And if I'm going to unravel a war machine. I'm going to reduce dramatically healthcare costs by ending the chronic disease. You are now listening to the greatest show in the universe. Hey, man, this is Tommy Chong. Right now, you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, this is Jordan Belfort, the real wolf of Wall Street, and you're listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. The Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sean Danielson from Smile Empty Soul, and you are listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. The Anthony Rogers Show. Brian Bandrock from the Verb Pipe here, and you're listening to The Anthony Rogers Show. Hey, this is James Jude Courtney, Michael Myers, a.k.a. The Shape, in Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and the soon-to-be-released Halloween Men's. And this is The Anthony Rogers Show. I am Dave Holmes from MTV and Esquire Magazine, and you are listening to the Anthony Rogers Show. What's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, the Godfather, and cannabis expert, <laughs> and connoisseur, and you're watching the Anthony Rogers Show. Peace. Um, but I, I need to remind you that without sponsors like Smokey's Edibles and without you watching or listening to this show, it just wouldn't exist. Smokey's Edibles is a delicious and healthy way to enjoy marijuana without smoking. I prefer Smokey's Edibles to other brands, not just because they're a sponsor of this show, but because they are amazing and taste great. I had them for months, if not years before they were a sponsor. A big fan, huge fan. I pretty much eat these every day, and you should try one before a show and get on my level. I usually eat them right before a show. Um, they're vegan, no corn syrup, plant-based ingredients, no gluten. So not only are they good for your mind, they're good for your body. So go to the link in the description or go to a dispensary near you as they're nationwide. No matter what state you live in, you can get Smokey's Edibles. Find out for yourself. Start off the new year eating your greens. Smokey's Edibles. Whoa, hey there. It's Anthony Rogers, your favorite comedian in the entire world and your new best friend. Live from his tour bus. Uh, I got to be real with you, though. This is kind of an intervention, kind of a public service announcement that um, we want to know what your pronouns are if you're a man. So grow a beard. Get a giant beard. Be a man. Use luxurious bastard beard oil. Link in the description. Use promo code LEGENDARY. So you have no excuse. You got a discount to try it. The smell's great. The function's great. It, it explains how to use it on the bottle if you, if you know how to read still. I know a lot of you can't. But uh, here's this. Try it out. Get a beard. Be a man. Thank you very much for watching the show. Happy New Year. May all your dreams come true. At Revolution Coffee Company. We are dedicated to giving you the best cup of coffee you have ever had while supporting those who keep us safe. We roast our coffee daily and we offer same-day shipping. Our coffee never sits in a warehouse or a shelf getting stale. Our prices beat our competition and our coffee speaks for itself. Check us out at revolutioncoffeecompany.com.
Welcome back to the greatest show in the entire universe. Um, today's the first show of the year. Um, so happy new year if uh, I didn't say that. Um, we have today we have a huge guest. Um, we have Tucker Max. He's uh, fulfilling his community service by uh, being on this shitty podcast and going completely backwards in his career. So I appreciate the charity. Um, here is uh, Tucker Max. How are you doing, brother? Uh, hey, thank good, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I ran a stop sign and so I have to show <laughs> to show up here. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't fear uh we didn't hold him hostage just probation though so but uh there's something interesting i just want to start off with man like uh obviously i read your book obviously i've been 20 before uh it was fucking awesome the book was cool but it's cool seeing like 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 you become like uh like an adult like almost with for lack of better terminology like uh like like not almost bro like a real adult like i could tell you about my day it's all adult stuff today (laughs) yeah Yeah. I, it's bizarre, to, and, and I'm not saying I never expect that, but the way you presented yourself, like, like in that, it's like it's interesting seeing that now you're like, uh, like you're like doing like homesteading. You started a school. You're like, uh, you're, you're like, you're like an American man now. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and I, I love that aspect. I love, I love the try. I love the the journey of the hero. You know, and I, I kind of like seeing like, uh, like a reckless adolescence to like, uh, like the palace of wisdom or whatever. You know, like the like William Blake quote. You know, it, it is it is the uh, the journey of men. To go from irresponsibility to responsibility, isn't it? That's what makes, that's what defines manhood at its core is taking responsibility for shit. I do think so. I think if you're not as reckless as you were in your youth, you're kind of a pussy. And I think if you're not uh, to the point where you're at now, you're not a man. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think that's definitely polar opposites. And and I think you have to do that to get wise. You know, I think like, uh, and, and I think like, uh, I, it was funny hearing the comp. People were just telling me they're like, they're like, did this guy?" Sh-? Like, I was telling them the story about how, like, uh, I think in the in the description, I just took your website description, and put it in there, so I didn't come up with it. But uh, but people were just like, "Hey, is he like, uh, did he sell out?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "No, he grew up, man." It's like you know, it's like yeah. that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like, you, I, I feel like you know. No, if I sold out, I'd be way richer, but <laughs> but way more miserable. So. Yeah, I mean, you never know, man. Like, uh, so you so what? Uh, so you're on um. So, so wait, you're out of Texas and like you t- catch me up in the last 20 years. What happened with you, man? <laughs> uh, well, so like uh, I wrote, you know, like my movie books, all that came out. Uh, and then um, I moved to Texas in 2009 and then finished, you know, like I guess I finished. I retired from kind of writing drunk hookup stories when I was like 33, 34, 35. Last book came out in 2012. And then I took a couple of years off, you know, because I made plenty of money. And, and uh, then I ended up starting a company to help people write and publish books. And we did like David Goggins book. And, and I grew that company to, you know, like a big eight figure company. I sold my part in it. Um, and then it ended up going bankrupt right after I left, like six months after because the CEO ran it in the ground. But that's a kind of a different story. And then, uh, I, you know, I met a woman, met a lot of women, but one of them I married. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of got, I got my shit together first, then met a great woman, then married her. Cause everyone's like, ah, oh, like you meet a great woman, you get yourself together. It's not how it works. Like great women don't want to get together with, with fixer uppers, right. Or, or dudes who are awesome, but like sleeping with six other girls. They want to, except for Nick Cannon's women, women, but like, uh, the, <laughs> right? like the, those women are like, yeah, I want to be number 14. I'm like, okay, cool. You, you need to go meet Nick. But um, uh, met a great woman, married her. We've got four kids. Uh, and then I moved out about an hour outside of Austin to a town called Dripping Springs, bought a ranch. And like, I have a huge, like 60 sheep, a bunch of chickens, uh, you know, four kids. Um, and like, we're, yeah, we have like a homestead, fruit trees. Like, we're like, we have, 
uh, ever. Like I, I, we're at the point now, like I've, I've gone not just like homestead, like Instagram homestead, right? Which is like those people who's like, look at my homestead life. And I cook this little, like, okay, that's cool. But like, I don't buy meat at the grocery store anymore. Like I hunt, like I, I hunted, I took down 30 deer this year. Right. And so like, that, that's, that's more than enough meat for me and my family. That feeds a lot of the kids. We got a lunch program at the school we started, feeds those kids, um, you know, like uh, slaughtered two cows, which, you know, my friend raises. Um, and then the sheep, I got God knows how many sheep that come off this place. So like all the meat I eat, like I, it comes off of my ranch or I hunt and I process it here. Like I kill it here. I skin it. I gut it, hang it, butcher it like. Like it looks cool on Instagram when the bearded butchers are doing this stuff, but when you're doing it, um, especially if you're not as good as the, because those dudes are awesome. Like butchering an animal's hard, man. You watch that video, like oh, how hard can it be? These guys look like meatheads, and you do it, and it's like, oh my god, they're artists. Like how do they do that? It's really hard. And so that's been the last like three, uh, the last ten years of my life has been be becoming a father, and the last three years has been like truly providing for my family in like a healthy sustainable way um and so that that's kind of where i am now man that's awesome man that was a, that's that's crazy man like uh yeah you're a little ahead of me because i i uh i haven't got the ranch yet but i definitely i've been going to the farmer's market instead of like buying poison and i've been i've uh, been doing that and i know i'm supposed to do the next step i know that, that it, but, uh, i don't have the ranch money yet you know i need to get that that's what i'm trying to get together do do a. Uh, uh, next couple of years, get that together and just like I mean, they're not cheap anymore, man. It used to be easy, and like uh, it's not anymore. It's rough. Yeah, it is. You like to get something affordable, you got to go like kind of in the middle of nowhere. It sucks now. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what. Yeah. You know, Missouri's a little more affordable, probably than where you're at. But it, was, it right is. Off, it right? is. Or Arkansas. Those two states, you can still get really good land, um, pretty cheap. But then the problem is you're in Missouri and Arkansas, so. <laughs> Not a fan of Missouri, I guess. I, I mean, it's better than West Virginia. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> it is legitimately. Yes. So that, you went, are you from that area? Are you from the Triangle? No, area? no, no. I, I'm from I'm from Kentucky, actually. Okay. Which okay. is like we don't have many states we can make fun of. Like it's West Virginia, Arkansas, and Mississippi, which are guaranteed that we can make fun of. And then there's another level that's like borderline, you know, like South Carolina, we, it's kind of even Missouri. Like we can make fun of them, but they make fun of us back. Like, you know, you can't read, well, you don't have all your teeth. And it's like, you know, um, like it's pretty even. There's only about, there's only a few states we can, we can make fun of, but no one knows where I'm from. Cause my accent is like, it's so modern American. It's totally un- uh, like no one's like I can't tell at all. Michigan? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, because you know, you, you when you come from bumpkin states, if you get like I went to boarding school early, and then like you know college in Chicago, University of Chicago, and then law school at Duke, and so you get rid of that accent quick when you go through the grist mill of of higher education. Um, uh, but then I can't like, I, you know, it's funny, man. Like I. I thought about it, man. I really did. We actually, my wife and I looked at, at Kentucky and Tennessee. We didn't look really at Missouri, but buying there. And it's like, it's still in Kentucky, man. You can get, for what I paid for 50 acres in Dripping Springs, which is a pretty nice area in Texas. And there's a lot of, of like pretty wealthy people out here. Um, God, man, I could have gotten probably 500 acres in Kentucky, right? But it, then, I, then I'm in BFE, Kentucky. And it's like, 
there's upsides to that. There are certain things good about that for real. But I was like, no, I still need to be by like kind of a city a little bit. I'm not quite so like extreme that I'm like, I'm, I don't care where I live. Just get me away from everybody. You know, I'm not quite there yet. I might be in a few years, but, but not right now. Kentucky's yeah. kind of surprising. Kentucky was like really clean. I didn't think it would be. It was. It was uh, the first time I saw Kentucky. I was kind of like, I was like, wow, this is, this is actually pretty nice. It wasn't that bad. Well, where'd you go? If you go to uh, the hollers of Eastern Kentucky, it's not clean. It's bad. It's not. Good. I cut somewhere. I mean, I think like uh, I don't remember exactly where I went. I just cut. Through. I was like more of a cut through, and I was. I remember making fun of it in my head, and uh, and like Mississippi definitely lived up to all the insults. I think. Yeah. Though. Like yeah. Uh, they just hated me for being white. And I'm like, this is this is like the area. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Mississippi's a, it's a it's a it's a rough place, dude. It's not good. No. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know what happened to that state, man. But uh, but yeah, no. It's it's uh. I think I took a train through this summer. I think slavery and the Civil War is what happened to that state. And everybody, <laughs> and it's, bro, and it never, hasn't. Dude, I went to Vicksburg. If you want, I, you think that's a joke? It's not a joke. Go to Vicksburg. Like, if you study the Civil War, Vicksburg is like one of the major battles in, in the siege of Vicksburg and all this. I don't think the city ever recovered from that. And I mean that at least on a spiritual level, like almost everything in that city feels like it's stuck in the 19th century. Like it's yeah. weird, man. It's yeah. really weird. There's a sleeper train that goes from like, uh, like uh, about where I'm, about where I'm from in St. Louis to, to New Orleans. And like, and like people are like getting off there. I'm like, you fucking get off here. I'm like, I'm like you, you purposely got off the train at this spot. And, and I'm just like, and you, you want to get off and like start fixing the building. You know, you want to like be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm gonna paint something so this looks like a fucking town again. It's Dude, like, have you it, ever have you ever gone down the Mississippi? Like I actually have. And I want it's to. crazy. You forget in America. We forget because the way modern transportation works, it's all trucks, right? And uh that but for 150 years, every bit of meaningful transportation in this country was by by water, right? And so it was the Erie Canal or the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River drains like 70% of the country or 80% of the country, right? And so, like, if you go down all the towns uh, uh, like Natchez, Mississippi, right? Like, what the hell is that? Some of the nicest houses you've ever seen in your life are in Natchez, Mississippi because it was a major river town. Or um, what's the, the like, uh, Quincy, Illinois, I think it's called. I went uh, uh, Ka Cairo, like uh, like uh, 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 like the city Cairo in Egypt. Same spelling in Illinois. I think that's where the Mississippi meets. Like uh, God, I want to say the Ohio, or that's not. It's not that. Some other major river. And it's a. It was a huge city in like 1890, right? And some of the most. It, it literally the richest person there is like worth a pack of Marlboros now, uh, or uh, uh, but like, bro. You can you get some of the nicest man Antebellum mansions you can even imagine are in that city. They cost like what, what the equivalent of, of millions of dollars in today's money to build. There's like dozens of them there, and like, you can buy them for like you know like spare change. That's you know awesome. like it's I know I I like it, it's people don't. I don't know how we got on this topic, but it is actually a weird topic I know a lot about is like what are effectively, not literally, but effectively abandoned river towns, right? They're actually, if you want to do something cool, man. You want to live somewhere amazing. Go get 10 or 20 people and go find one of those towns like Natchez or Cairo or whatever. And I promise you, you can buy most of the town for nothing. 
right? And so you get enough people in, get enough of the land, and then start like making it a thing. Uh, that like there's a bunch of of places, uh, I, people I know trying to do that with various places in America. No one's done it that I know of in like a river town, which would be amazing. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Illinois, you talk about Kentucky though. You know, I feel like that's like. Uh... It's like our Arkansas. We didn't have an Arkansas. You know, it's like, like Illinois would be hard to live in. Like, like, I, I, oh, no. Illinois is a horrible state. Oh, Illinois. dude. I lived in Chicago for seven years, and the state of Illinois is like a fucking toilet. I hate it. Dude, it's, it's the weird. worst. No. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, Chicago is like super liberal and weird, and then the rest of the state's like like really farmer and weird. It, it's like, it's just like, yeah, no, it's a weird. T- I mean, East St. Louis is in Illinois. That sums it all up, you know, basically. Like, like all, the, all the problems, like all the dude. problems people think St. Louis has is like the Illinois side of St. Louis. Right, right, but it's still St. Louis. What a horrible town! I went that town once. I'm like, I'm never going back here. This is You're awful. Right. When, when were you in St. Louis? That's hilarious. Oh man, it was like 15 years ago. It was, I don't, what? it was the worst. What? Was, <laughs> what? Yeah, you got to tell me your opinion. I love. I'm from here, and I love it. So no, I, seriously, I, I'm. I, I'm not joking. Uh, I no, think I, it's the worst city in America, above 500,000 people, and I'm including Detroit. Dude, that's so funny. I would, like a, I would go to a Detroit 10 times out of 10 before St. Louis. Wow, man, there's too many jugglers in Detroit, you know, but uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a smaller Detroit, definitely. No, it feels like that here. No, uh, it's, every- way, it's way worse, bro. It's ah. way worse. I think it really is because Detroit is, Detroit's like a city after it's been bombed, right? And so <laughs> it's like, okay, like this has been a bombed out city and there's things you can do in a bombed out city. But like St. Louis is like like escape from New York. Like the zombies still live there. It's like it, it's like it died, but it didn't get bombed. And it's just it's awful. It's like being in a I don't know how to describe it. It's like living in a horror movie. Dude, but like in real life, but with humans. And it's just like what I don't understand anyone can live there. Like it really, it's like it's like I go there, I'm just like, oh, like the time I went, I it was I was shocked that humans live there. And bro, I've been to Calcutta. And I wasn't shocked. I'm like, okay, I can. I, St. Louis is one of the worst cities I've ever been in the world. <laughs> it's by far the worst city in America. I feel like that's gonna be a, an intro clip for the next time I interview somebody from this town. It's like, like I'm gonna intro that clip, dude. <laughs> uh, dude. It's unarguably the worst city in America. I don't care what anyone says, man. Fuck them. I I love it here, but but I, I can totally see criticism. And I'm not. It's just hilarious to be honest. With you. Criticism is just hilarious. I don't but even I, no. think it's criticism. I just think it's like saying the sky no. is blue. It's like okay, <laughs> just in there. I went to Salt Lake City, and like people were like, "Man, it's really dangerous here." And I like Googled. I Googled like the difference. I'm like, like Salt Lake City, most dangerous town in Utah. And I compared it to St. Louis. And I'm like, oh, never mind. You're fine. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> Salt Lake <laughs> City is is a. I mean, it, it's fine. It's like very vanilla. Believe it or not, I'll tell you a crazy story. One of the best Italian restaurants in America is in Salt Lake City. Okay, what's I'm not kidding. It's called Veneto, right? It it, it it's uh, the guy who's the 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 Bastianich wine importer for the West Coast owns it. He's from Veneto, Italy. He's an Italian guy. His name's Marco, and he's like a an amazing cook, and he kind of runs it. It's really small. He doesn't advertise it. And uh, I found it through a friend, a good friend of mine who lives in Salt Lake City. And, bro, I make up excuses to go to Salt Lake City to go to that restaurant. That's awesome. I'll have to try that next time I come through there. Like, uh, you know, Utah Utah is a weird, weird kind of state. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Salt Lake City was kind of ghetto, but not as bad. Yeah, not as – when you're from St. Louis, it doesn't seem that dangerous. Yeah, nothing's ghetto compared to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> this I, is I, true. Like, 
No, it is, I know. I totally have the same complaints. I think I've been robbed like three times here. It just means I have cool shit. I feel like though, it means just like they, I think <laughs> it's like a compliment. You know, when you get robbed, like man, I'm like, all these people like my shit. You know, it's like, but no, yeah, uh, bro. I'm pretty but, sure you know, like the 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 TV show, the first forty eight. I'm pretty sure I I read. I remember reading this. They didn't go to St. Louis because they were afraid for their cameraman. <laughs> Dude, the no, first man. 48, the whole point of the show is following cops, so they need a lot of murders. Following, you know, the homicide uh, detectives. They oh, need, I St. Louis I is the most murders in America. It's the number one murder city. I don't even know that for a fact, but I bet you Google it. I promise you it's true. And, uh, per capita. I mean, per capita. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it is, and uh, I bet I just know. I know it is. I promise you, it is. And no, uh, it is. Uh, is it like Google it? Yeah, I bet yeah. you it is. Uh, New York, New York City, technically has more murders. Per capita? No, per not capita. per capita. Not per capita. St. Louis has most murders per capita, sure. And like, yeah, I, I know. I know it does, dude. I know it does. And I'm, I, I remember first forty-eight. Like they need to go. They can only go to like the top 20, 25 murder cities. Per capita, because they they just need a certain volume to film enough. They can't go to number one because, like, literally, it's like there's too many murder or it's too unsafe. They're yeah, bands stop coming here too because like their van, their vans just get like stolen. Like they just like steal the van, all the equipment, stuff like that too outside of venues. Like, I mean, that, and that's that's part of seamless. Like the suburbs are like super nice and stuff. Like they have like uh, all, everyone lives in the suburbs. There's like eight million people in the suburbs. Only like three hundred thousand people in the city. And like I'm like, uh, and I'm from like around. I'm from the suburbs originally, but I lived in San Luis a lot, and I could definitely see the. I mean, I, I blatantly could see the criticism though. I, I mean, I agree. I'm so like, I, I googled it because one of your comment uh, idiots said New Orleans is. You're wrong, asshole. St. Louis, Missouri, number one murder rate in the U.S. Sixty nine murders per hundred thousand people. Told you. I'm- <laughs> <sighs> I, I still like it here, man. They got they have good restaurants and stuff. But I know I um, but you know if I wasn't from here, I probably wouldn't have any loyalty to it. Like to be honest, like uh, I think it's just like a hometown kind of thing more so. But I dude, mean, I, that's a trauma bond. I'm telling you, that's like a girl who's like, <laughs> I know he hits me, but I love him. <laughs> dude, that's so funny. And probably no, true too. Probably no. It's like. But yeah, it's like <laughs> people are terrified here for sure, man. I, I see people come here all the time. They won't ride the Metrolink or anything. They're like terrified. They're terrified of like black children, like black teenagers. Like, and that's kind of what's funny to me. It's just like, like it's just like they're like, because <laughs> only criminals here. Are like, co- well, well, hang on. I do like a comedy set here, like every once in a while, like like locally. And like, um, one, after one of them, this like this this cop was like showing me shootout videos he had with these people. It, it just looks like fucking Call of Duty, man. He's like, he's, he's he was just smashed drunk, like showing me a bunch of like, and, and the dude's cool. I'm not making fun of him. He was just showing me a bunch of shootouts he had with all like <laughs> like all these people, dude. Oh, that that. I, what else do you what do you want me to say, dude? When cops are like like when random cops just have shootout videos on their phones, <laughs> like. Patrol cops. Oh yeah, I got a couple that I just shot myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I'd live anywhere else though. You know, it's, it's like it's this kind of thing. It's like I've seen a lot of places and they're not fun. You know, it's like I mean, I just they're just not as fun as here, man. You, you have like you have like the country, city, and suburbs like all really close here, and I kind of like that. I mean, but also like I said, I grew up here, so it's like super super biased. I just, I just like me. I definitely am like probably the only person you'll ever find that likes Missouri. Like, like well, listen, I don't try and talk abused people out of their abuse if they don't want to leave. 
What do you, I mean, <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. But, if, no, people, if you're happy I, with it, I just I hope you don't die there. I hope you don't get <laughs> shot. I'm just I'm rooting yeah, for I, you to stay alive. <laughs> that's the ironic moment. Like I just shot him live stream while while defending it. I'm like, it's actually a really nice place. Like someone just robs my bus. I just caught a burner. <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny. What's your no, it wouldn't. It'd be horrible. But oh, I mean, yeah. If I, yeah, just what was your favorite place you've been to, like in the United States or so? Oh, that's a hard question, man. It depends on for what you know. Like, uh, like believe it or not, I think the best restaurant city in America is probably Vegas. Yeah. Um, no, just because it, it has so many amazing restaurants so close together. Um, like, I wouldn't want to live in Vegas. That would obviously be horrible. But like uh, uh, my wife and I love going to Vegas. We don't even gamble, bro. Like we 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 stay at the non gaming resorts, um, and then we like live, lay by the pool and then go to amazing dinners, right? So like like that's we have the laziest vacations. It's awesome. So for that, I mean, I, and there's parts of Florida I like, but only to visit, of course, because it's Florida. Um, I I kind of it just depends. America's such a weird place right now, man. Like. I used to love going to New York, and New York is like a wasteland now, dude. New York City, I mean, like yeah. it's horrible. Like it's really bad. And LA is like, man, I, I'm making fun of St. Louis, and, and rightfully so. But like right now, right now, downtown LA might be worse than St. Louis, parts of St. Louis, like, than all of St. Louis. So parts of LA might be like, uh, so like, and LA is just like, like, so that used to be a fun place to visit, but it's horrible now. Um, so LA, like, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. I feel like LA looks like the last day of a music festival. Like there's just like tents and trash everywhere. It's, it's not, I don't understand how people live there at all. Bro. Have you been to downtown LA in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's bad. Like, it's it, bad. No, it, it's dangerous. Isn't even the right word. Like yeah. um, I haven't been to war zones, but I know people who have, and they're like, yeah, man, it, it's like this, but this is worse. Cause it's not supposed to be a war zone. Yeah. <laughs> in a war zone you expect this no, this is supposed to be america <laughs> yeah covid killed those cities man like everybody, everybody all the people just went to like no no rabbit. covid did not kill anything the protocol lunatic did. woke blue uh city bureaucrats yeah. killed yeah. like let's not pretend i don't even know if covid's real like as a distinct deadly virus it's probably just a fucking flu but like covid didn't do shit to anybody Lockdowns did. Politicians did. More accurately. When COVID. And I agree 100% with that. Yeah, no, more accurately put, yeah. I just, uh, most people aren't smart, so I just, like, I, I just narrow, I just, I just tell Thank me down. Thank you for calling me stupid. That's a very good way. To, that's a cool way to call me dumb. I just I think, didn't know. I thought you might be dumb. So I, <laughs> I, just, I had to start dumb, and now you show me you're smart so we can talk smart. Well, I mean, statistically speaking, like, most people are stupid, probably. I was just, I was just assuming that. That you were, <laughs> I'm just joking, though. No. But no, yeah, no, the, that's that was a bizarre time too. Yeah, that, that communist takeover America really killed a lot of the cities. You know, it, yeah. like it just it just seemed like <laughs> that's that's crazy. So we just lost YouTube, I guess, after the last two minutes. <laughs> we're yeah, off. right, right. They've got wrong thing. Get them off. Yeah, <laughs> able to go live on fucking Grinder now. So like after, <laughs> just follow us on Grinder. Uh, yeah, since we lost YouTube. But no, uh, yes, it's it's a definitely a bizarre world. I think, and I, and it's cool. I think more people are doing the kind of thing you're doing. I think I think they're going back to the farms. They're going back to the. Nice. I mean, the cities are decay. The suburbs are kind of bullshit. And I think people are going back to the farms. It seems like. I mean, just and that's. I mean, I mean, everybody's like, I can't afford groceries. I'm like, they grow in the fucking ground. I mean, it's just like, what are you doing? It's just like, what are you doing? 
I know. It's crazy. Uh, I, I actually, it's funny. The two groups I see that are doing what we're doing are either young people who are really poor and, and, and who are, what they figured out is kind of what I was telling you is that there are a lot of essentially empty small towns in America. And so if you're cool being in the middle of nowhere, you can actually still get amazing deals. Like I know a dude who went to, where did he go? Someplace in upstate New York. I've never, upstate New York is huge. Like you'd never think about it, but like New York state is like one of the biggest uh, states, like by land mass, right? And he went to some town up by Plattsburgh, like the Canadian border. Uh, not like, you know, where Toronto is, but like the other part, like way north. And there was like no one there. And he bought like a decent house for like 70 grand, like a solid wow. house that would be like $400,000 in Texas. Wow. And, and you know, because Texas used to be cheap, but it's not cheap anymore. And so like, uh, and he's like living like a king and trying to get his friends up there. And he like, bro, he works at like, he runs like the dot the uh the not the dock but the uh what's the the goddamn thing the the lock where you know like uh, the stuff still goes down the it's not the Erie Canal but whatever the river is he runs the lock and he makes like sixty grand a year and he lives like a king <laughs> and he's like this is amazing and so like like it's, and he's like growing a bunch of, he's got his wife super in the home setting and they grow a bunch of stuff. And they actually, no, no kidding, they have a, their quality of life is really high. And because um, they can do a lot of stuff for themselves and they, and they do and it's great. And so it's either that group or the other group I see are people like like me and my friends who are kind of smart, who have money, who are like getting the fuck out. <laughs> like who really like, right, we're leaving the blue cities because it's like, oh, bro, Austin used to be so safe and so amazing. And like when I got there in 2009, I thought I was going to be there for three months and I never left. It was just incredible. And then COVID hit and then all the politicians, which are like the Soros mayor, we have a Soros DA here and they're all lunatic idiots and they broke everything. And then all the Californians came, the idiot Californians, the people you're talking about who are dumb, like they all came and it was like, like locusts, dude. And it was just like, oh, God, it's horrible now. Like, you might, like, it's like it's part of a huge reason why we left. And so, like, a, people who are smart with money have seen what's coming and they're like, I need to get on land. And even if they're not really home, like, I'm not really homesteading in a true sense. Like, I'm not trying to sell this stuff. I'm not growing everything. I just piece by piece, I'm more and more resilient. Like, we have rainwater capture, so I don't have to worry about anyone else's water. We've got solar. We're hooked to the grid, of course, but I have solar and I have propane with generators. So we have really redundant power systems. And like all my meat, which is mainly what we eat, is sourced basically from uh, animals that are unvaccinated, no hormones, nothing, no, nothing injected, not even U.S. processed USDA processing centers. And so slowly but surely, you know, and all my kids are super tall and look great and have bright eyes because they don't have any of that nonsense. And so it's like slowly but surely, like I'm like building this really amazing, you know, like we get raw milk from our neighbor, you know, and it's like we have raw milk every day. Like we have venison loin. I just tonight I made amazing venison loin. We had raw milk ice cream for dessert. It was like it's, you know, half. This is like what our great grandparents used to do every day. And there's like life. And now it's considered a luxury good that only rich people can afford. <laughs> Venison yeah. and, and raw milk ice cream, right? It's like, oh man, he's he's so wealthy and put together. This was like poor person food 
three generations ago. <laughs> You're right. My wife grew up like that, kind of like uh, like she, she she grew up in like a small town and kind of introduced me to all that. Like, because uh, I mean, I I look pretty similar to what you were saying. It's like, uh, I mean, I definitely have like like I'm in a bus though, not a house. So it's like I'm just like it travels more or less. I have a traveling yeah. version of what you're doing like it's all like solar and like propane like you're saying and stuff i I don't like i don't farm or hunt yet but i want to once once i get the land i'll probably do that i'm a little behind your your hustle but no i I definitely am interested in that and that's like i think that's the future especially i mean if we if we don't get nuked or something i think it's the future for sure and i think that like um i mean not for everybody i think it's it's a future for people who take that future i like the way it's so crazy you can see it if you if you're on twitter any social media you can see the bifurcation, man. Some people, like some of the 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 bug men, have gone deeper into the soy, you know, and they're like, I know I'm on my fifth booster, and they live in their, you know, in their douche cube in Austin, and they then they literally eat the bugs, like, oh, crickets are supposed to be good for me. It saves the environment, and like, 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 and so it's like it, people are either buying the lies more and going deeper into it, like, I'm not going to have kids to save the world. And it's like, what the fuck do you think the world is? Like, what are you talking about? And so it's like, it's like the, the, the bifur- and bifurcate, that's the bifurcation. It's not everybody. It, the, bro, people who are thinking like you and I and doing what I'm doing are right now still the minority. Like, most people are still doing what they're doing. They're like, I don't know. But then, like, the lunatics are, like, going deeper into the Matrix. There's a lot of those people. It's crazy to me, man. I know some of them. Like, people who in 2018 were friends of mine and I thought were kind of smart are now, like, you know, literally, like, on their fourth booster and, like, and decided not to have kids for climate change. Like, like, the, like that's not just, like, a meme. Like, those are humans that I know. And, and like obviously they're not friends of mine anymore because I didn't realize that they were lunatics. But like, <laughs> th- there's awesome. a lot of those people, man, and they're gonna self segregate and they're gonna be in those cities. And they're—I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. I, I have a feeling I'm gonna be okay though. And people who think like us are gonna be all right, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't. Yeah, that that whole like twenty twenty thing was a giant IQ test. And like, dude, uh, like like going back to making fun of St. Louis, like pe- people were like, like they would have like tape and trash bag hazmat suits. They had, like hazmat suits made out of trash bags. I and know, I'm, know like, right? I'm like, you're gonna fucking outlive me? Like, it's just like it's like what? It's just, it's just made no sense. I'm like, I'm like trying to get like go to the corner market, in my bathrobe still, and everybody's like think it's the fucking world's ending. And I'm just like, it's just, it's just like, it, I mean. It made me build a bus, man. It made me. It made me get the fuck out of there. I don't want to be like Anne Frank, you know. If shit goes down, it's gonna move my house. You, you, like, know, yeah. you know what she said was funny. I don't think it was an IQ test because I know a lot of people who are objectively inte- really intelligent, high IQs, who fell for the lies and still are like, well, I mean, you don't know Epstein didn't kill himself. You don't <laughs> know for sure. I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, there's some pedophiles in government, but we all kind of knew that, right? I mean, what, what's the big deal? It's like, like there are still a, people who are objectively intelligent in, in a, a a brain sense, like they can do higher order math better than me, right? It, it's not about raw intelligence, man. And I know some some people who are like kind of dumbasses who are like, well, this doesn't make sense. I'm not getting that shot. <laughs> and, that, and now their sperm is worth a lot of money. 
That's funny. Yeah, you seem like uh, it seemed like trauma marketing. Like people with unresolved trauma fell for it hard. Uh, that 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 like, and then people didn't believe in God. It seemed like atheists and like trauma people mostly. Uh, well, like, the, the atheists because their God is the system. That their God be, is yeah. the bureaucracy. It's it's the it's communism. That's their God. Communism is a religion. Wokeism is just dressed up twenty first century postmodern communism. That's a religion, dude. It is. It has a catechism. It has a savior. It has everything Christianity has. It's like the uh, it's like the anti Christianity. That makes a lot. Of, I, I agree with a lot of that. And like, and you're right. A lot of my liberal friends would be like, "Well, communism is not so bad." I'm like, I'm like, man, you're just saying that because you're a loser. You're poor. You mean it's like if you if you if you have any kind of like success in America, you're not going to push communism. And and then if you're like a loser, you're going to push it. And then like you're the first in the gulags. Dude, mean, just, anyone who's arguing for communism is like someone who has pronouns in their bio. It's like, oh, like you know, not to just dismiss them. You know, they're not even a like they're not an entity. They're a true NPC. Like, it's like, all right, this person is like, like I mean, they're, you look at them like the, like you would someone who like is, you know, some Chinese person who's telling you the, the Chinese Communist Party line. Like, you'd be like, oh, you poor thing. It's no difference. That's just, so we have them in America now. Maybe we've always had them, for sure. Like, fuck, maybe I was one. I mean, God knows in 2000. Uh, three, I I was all about like, oh, let's go get Sodom. He's got weapons of mass destruction. Like, fuck, I fell for it then. You know, I mean, the world was different then, but nonetheless, like, I I can't sit here and be like, I saw through it every time. I didn't. Fair. Fair. But this last one was like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah, 2020 woke. I fell for it. Too. I voted Obama twice. I fell for it too. And and I like that you can see this. A lot of a lot of famous people either either don't talk about this or don't see it that I that I've encountered. So I, I'm always like walking on eggshells around people because I, I like as far as like in entertainment at all because because a lot of entertainers don't. I mean don't. I, I guess like it's writing's entertainment, you know. But, but I'm just saying like so writers are t- typically smarter than most entertainers. I think like I think reading writing is a higher thing than whatever TikTok dance or whatever you know. But but I'm just, but it's still weird that a famous person understands that because most of them either don't talk about it or just don't see it, which is well because you know why most entertainers. So a huge reason why I kind of got out of the entertainment business when I got into it, and I realized like this, it's pretty easy to see what the system is once you get on the inside. And, and roughly speaking, what you have is a system that at the top is controlled by a bunch of sociopaths. Some are pedophiles, but it's not. People are like the whole thing's pedophiles. No, man. There's there's like a group of them for sure, but they're not really the most powerful people. There's they're just kind of there. There's like, a, there's like a blackmail tactic. Like like it's like uh they would get they would record. Well, that's like, in politics, not in Hollywood. No, I, like you don't you don't blackmail pedophiles in Hollywood. You just fuck kids because that's what you're into because you're. <laughs> Whatever, right? No, no. If you're using like uh, pedophilia to blackmail, that's Pollock, that's Epstein, Mossad agent, all that shit. You don't do that shit in Hollywood. The pedophiles in Hollywood are just fucking pedophiles. They just like to diddle kids, right? And so, like, like, but the point is, like, it's one, it's a system that is he- the powerful positions are held by sociopaths who only care about power over others, and everyone else in that system basically is either an aspiring, like a. a they're a sociopath who's not smart enough to be the one in charge, or they're just an empty narcissist. Like, if you have a soul, it's really, really hard, if not impossible, to operate 
for a long time truly in the Hollywood system, right? Or in the entertainment system. There's some exceptions for sure. You can like, oh, well, this dude, and like, yeah, that dude actually is pretty amazing. And he's somehow navigated that. Um, but like, if you think for yourself, and so the whole point is, empty narcissists just parrot what they're told to parrot. It's why all these idiot actors, it's so easy to fool them because they don't think. You don't want an actor that thinks. Bro, Hitchcock, one of the greatest directors ever said it, actors are cattle because they are. Like their job is to pretend to be someone else. You want those people to be authentic? That doesn't make sense. Like, that's, the, that's the last person on earth you would expect to be authentic or have their own thoughts. They train to be other people. And I don't even mean that disparagingly of acting. Acting's a skill. It's hard to be a good actor. Like, if I tried to be an actor, I'd be like Bruce Willis. I would just play Tucker Max as a cop or Tucker Max as an astronaut. Like, I wouldn't know how to be other people, right? And, uh, uh, like, so acting's difficult and it's a skill. But those, there's no reason to listen to those people for anything other than acting. Right? Like, uh, same with musicians. Like, Taylor Swift's an amazing artist. I don't give a fuck what she thinks about anything else. You know? Like, I mean, she can talk to me about, you know, I don't know, dating asshole musicians or whatever it is she sings about. I don't know. But, like, she doesn't have any relevant thoughts for me about anything else. You know? Like, like by default. Now, you can have someone like Russell Brand who shows up, who's a you know good actor, and then also turns out to be really smart and a thinker and has his own thoughts. It's like, all right, cool, man. Like, that can happen. But by no means. And so, like, that's why entertainers are all such parrots for whatever the party line is. Like, bro, Hollywood in the 50s was the opposite. It was the same way, but it was all, like, anti- you know, like, uh, you know, like it was pro super patriotic, extreme fundamentalist patriotic. Everyone told that party line, right? Because that's that's, that's who awesome. most people are. But actors especially. All they are is putting on a facade. Like, why would you go into that world and expect authenticity? Doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah, Which no is a big reason... And of course, I didn't really get that outside of the world. And then I got into that world and I'm like, oh my God. Like, I kind of thought I was a soulless shithead. And then I got to Hollywood and I was like, oh no, I didn't have any idea what real soulless assholes were like. I, I'm not even like, bro, if this is what a soulless narcissist looks like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not. I was like putting on the skin of it and joking. I was like a kid playing dress up with this shit. But the thankfully is good. And so I was like, okay, like this is this is not gonna, for me. I was gonna say that, yeah. People that, that like tell people they're shitty people uh, uh, tend to be better than the people that pretend to be good people. It, like, it was like shitty people tend to tend to wear the good person mask yes. instead instead of like the like the edgy, I'm shitty mask kind of like you know what I mean like and, and a lot of I, I saw a lot of what you did as entertainment. Like just I mean, like I just see entertainment as entertainment. I don't really know what to believe in anyone really other than like your stories were great and they're they're entertaining to me when I when I read your book and stuff, you know, but but I, but I just yeah I just never really I, I yeah a shitty person's not going to tell people they're shitty <laughs> like no like most, that's true like yeah. most most of the time anyway I mean there's there's people who are just fucking dumb you know but I mean most people are gonna like put on like like oh, I'm a hero I, I you know uh and I used to think people before I became like a Christian I used to, I used to think people that said God bless you were all con artists I, I used to just I used to just think they're saying it <laughs> seem like good people to, to 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 fuck other people over but it seems like you know I don't know that's just an opinion I had at one point yeah.
Well, I mean, the, well, the reality is, dude, most it's just sort of like I'm old enough to remember when the the quote unquote bad guys were the were on the right. Like the 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 people who wanted to shut people down and control people and control what people could say were all on the right and mostly fundamentalist Christian. And that was when I started when I first got started writing. Like they were the bad guys, and now it feels like the exact same energy has just transported bodies and gone over. And it's the same energy. It just has a completely different political bent to it. But it's the same thing. It's like, I want to control people and tell them what to do. That's and true. it's like, no, if your justification is God or Marx, it's still not going to work. <laughs> you don't get to tell me what to do. Maybe God gets to tell me what to do, but you are not God's voice. And you don't get to tell me what to do. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll accept God's you know god's work i won't but, accept yours <laughs> no i agree no, that's i mean that's that's very well put man and i think that's why you're a writer because you can kind of you can kind of take complex things and make them sound let's sound like simple and break them down and I, and I think that like um that's that's very true it's like i and, and regardless i mean of, uh, like we don't have to agree we just have to get along and like i don't have to agree with everybody i don't even care what most people think to be honest like i don't even care what i think most of the time i mean so it's just like a i mean it's just like a weird thing like this weird divide like people think that you just have to believe that like you pass out this spreadsheet and be like okay if you agree the same things i believe we could be friends yeah. it's just a weird fucking thing man it's a weird echo chamber we all try to create you know yeah oh yeah yeah no i i learned that the hard way that values are way more important than beliefs that's interesting too i never thought about that that's, that's interesting oh dude i learned that the hard way many times that like i'm actually uh like a muslim who has like this values, integrity and honesty and all that, I get along with way better than someone who, I don't know, like it, like on the surface or on paper might share like my political or religious affiliations, but like fundamentally is not honest or is manipulative or whatever. Um, like uh, it, the, and it's hard. It, you, Values are tough. The only way to really figure out you can't ask, you can ask someone's values, but half the time either they don't know or they're gonna lie. Like how many manipulative people are saying, Yeah, I'm a manip manipulative sociopath. You better watch out for me. <laughs> Have you has that ever happened? Ever? No. Yeah. None of no one says that. Uh, and so like uh uh like you gotta kind of interact with people and figure out, okay, hold on, what do they do? You know, but that that's the thing I've learned the most is is Values trump everything. Everything. No, I see that too. Yeah. And yeah, and no, no one even I mean, people people all think they're a good person. Like if you ask, no one's gonna be like, I'm a shitty person, dude. Yeah. Like, no, it's true. Pretty much everyone's like, Oh, I'm the good guy, I'm the main character, you know, I'm like it's, it's all about and I think that's, that's kind of how people view the world and I don't know. I don't even know how good I I mean, I'm not the judge, you know. I'm just like I'm I'm just I'm just begging him to have mercy on me. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's like, like, like that's all I I'm just a dude begging the begging the judge to have mercy on me, you know. That's how I feel about it, man. And it's and it's weird. I probably wouldn't have, uh, I, I probably wouldn't have been here if like uh, if Revelation didn't exist. And it, and it seems like uh, like it's happening right now. I don't know. It's either it's either like uh, the guys pretending, like taking that and pretending like they're those guys, or it's those guys, the globalists. You know, I mean, the same thing. It's like it's just we're in yeah. a bizarre time. You know what's fun? A lot of people are very pessimistic about what's, especially on the Christian side, are pessimistic about what's happening right now. And for sure, there's a lot of things that aren't going well, 
in certain ways. And I think things are going to get worse for sure. In the next year, they're going to get worse and they might get a lot worse, but you know, I, I, I'm like what I call a doomer optimist, right? So like short-term is like shit sucks, but long-term, I think if we do our work, I think things are actually going to get way better. Like I'm actually very optimistic long-term because it's sort of like, like, okay. You, you know, when you're feeling, uh, like, uh, like a, a cold or a flu come on, right? You can you can take a bunch of medicine and suppress it and work through it. And that works for a while, but eventually the bill always comes due, man. Like you don't you can't take so much Advil that you just never have to have this flu, right? Or the cold, whatever. And so like all that does is actually make it worse when it shows up. Dehydration right? is so good. Right, and so that's that's what's happened, roughly speaking. Is we took a, a a shit ton of medicine, we suppressed all the symptoms, and now it's not working anymore, and the symptoms are coming up. And that's the only way to get healthy, man. Is they kind of have to come up, right? And so as long as what comes up isn't too disruptive and destructive, right? And things can. I think. I think we thankfully we live in a society that's rich enough and capable enough that things can get pretty bad. Um, but still be recoverable. Um, uh, and, and, and I think they're going to get bad. But I, I think like once we come out of it, I think uh, a lot of I think we're going to be a great spot because so many people will realize, oh, we were governed by a bunch of horrific sociopaths and pedophiles and Satanists and whatever else. Right. Manipulative liars and assholes. And we kind of let them do this and and all right well yeah like i think for the, what you're gonna find in america is the people who make it are the ones who take back their own power exactly what i'm doing is one way to take back your own power it's not the only way right but it is one way and um and, and i think if enough people do that we reach kind of a golden age you know we kind of reach a a, a period where when the more people who are taking real responsibility for themselves and their lives and their families and their communities the better the world is and there are there were not a lot of people doing that in 2019. So no, I agree. And I I, I mean, even even in the book of Revelation, that's just the end of like uh, an era, you know, like the new the New Testament revelation is just the end of an era. There's still a thousand years of Christ. And, and we're in a bad and even in Hinduism, we're in like a thousand year cycles. We're we're in like this evil, weird cycle right now. And it, and I I believe in the Renaissance too. Man. I think I think there's gonna, gonna be a renaissance also, maybe some broken eggshells, you know. Like yeah, you don't get to right exactly. You don't get a great omelet without breaking stuff, and I, we're just going through that phase, man. I think uh, that's just kind of how it works, dude. And, and I think if enough people wake up and enough people kind of do their work, then um, and I consider like I don't doing their work is no more than what we're talking about. I don't I don't think it's anyone's job to save the world. Save yourself. Save yeah, yourself. And not, it's not I don't care about the world. I care about the world and I care about my community. But where I spend my time is myself, my family, my land, my community, my neighbors, my community. And if if I can make that as good as I can with all everyone else's help around here, that 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 attitude in a million people, everything's gonna be great. No, I, I agree. I think that's uh I don't think many people see that, but I definitely agree with that. I think that, um, I think it start. I think it definitely, it's a lot of people just freaked out, man. I, I think like we're, we're in a constant news cycle of like 
like fear, death, famine, war. Everyone's going to fucking die. And they just lower our vibrations so we're more obedient and stuff like that. And I'd be very surprised to see what's actually even going on. Like, you I mean, how much of this is actually going on even, you know? I mean, well, I, that's, I, in a sense, you're right. Things are really not as bad as they feel. In certain ways, things are really bad, though, man. Like, yeah. like if you look at who's in charge of certain political institutions and what they're trying to do, it's not good. It's it's not good. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it seems like a communist world will take over both. I mean, it seems like we're in the middle of like, I mean, just just how. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of bad. Just like, I don't know, man. I don't think like any of these countries have the balls to actually finish this off, you know. I think, <laughs> to be honest, like, uh, I, I think there'll just be a generation without kids, you know, like, like, uh, but in their country, if they fuck with this, really, there's only so much stuff. I don't know how to describe it. I got a lot of faith in good. I got a lot of faith in America, you know. Um, even though nobody else does, it seems like. <laughs> no, there's plenty of people who do. It's just the 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 loudest people are the ones who are the most negative. That's usually the way it is. Yeah, it was it was weird because I was asking on like social media, I was like, what are your predictions for 2024 or whatever? I think it was like Facebook, I think. And, and everybody's just like, oh fuck this, we're all gonna die. Like every, everything was just like so crazy. Like, there was no like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a six pack and a million dollars. It was just all just like holy fuck, the world's gonna end this year. And it's just yeah, it was just, no. like, it, it was just it, weird sad that uh, I mean that's bro, we're at. here's the way I think about it. Like um Someone I know who's dealt with suicide uh, told me that the way that they dealt with it, right, and kind of moved past that phase, they w they were stuck kind of in a cycle of like, I want to die. And then I forget, they told me they watched some video or so something, and they realized, I I'm asking the wrong question. The, the question isn't should I live or die. The question is what part of me needs to die. That's and then, like when right when I thought about it that way, then I realized, oh shit, it's totally. Dead. And so then they it started them down a, an amazing healing path, right? And I feel like as a that's kind of where the West is, the world is in a lot of ways. Um, the world's not ending. Yeah. No. No. Nothing. Now, certain cycles are ending, certain institutions are ending, certain ways of thought are ending. And that's the way identity works, man. When when a lot of like when when your identity breaks, it feels like you're dying, you know, like for a lot of people. And and certain things are gonna die. Not even I mean, of course people are gonna die, but that's just the way the world people are always dying and being born, or whatever. But like like there's a lot, a lot of change coming. And and for a lot of people, it's gonna feel like death, like the world is ending. I mean, like think about like how many people when the college basketball, uh, uh, the March Madness was canceled in 2020. They were like, I don't know, like I just caught like, God, but like that's the whole point is that if that's your whole identity, that world's ending, right? Same thing, exact same thing. And like I, I think that's. That's what a lot of people have problems differentiating between those those things, you know. No, that's really well said. I never thought about that angle, but that's definitely that's definitely accurate. It seems like the world is definitely changing and advancing and pushing forward like it always does. You know, that's that's very interesting. And and it, I mean, we're all staring at our phones, so it just feels really real. We're like we're just like in this weird virtual reality, like with a phone. It's, it doesn't even make. Sense. I mean, 
everyone just like thinks they're right because there's so many media bubbles you know there's there's like very little truth and just a bunch of media bubbles too it's like one of the best things that's happened to me is being out here because what's so cool about being on land is that the sheep don't have phones and they don't care and you know like the chickens get fed or they die right and like like when you get the meme about go walk on grass is real I agree. <laughs> there is a real truth about that. And it's not just metaphorical and it's not just a distraction. Like my, I can feel, I've been out here two years now. I can feel how my, how different my nervous system is. And it's not even like I got rid of my phone or I still have a phone. I mean, it's right here. And like, I have a TV, like I'm not a Luddite or whatever, but like, I don't, it, when you anchor yourself in family, However you define family, it doesn't have to, you know, if your real family is dysfunctional, make it your own family, which I've done. And, and it's great. You yank yourself in family, in land, in community, in animals, in nature, in, in people around you that matter to you. It's hard to get caught up in bullshit, right? Because you realize well, that stuff doesn't matter, at least to me. Like, I got so many Americans are so stuck in like, arguing about Israel versus Palestine now and all that. And it's like, don't get me wrong, man. There's all kinds of horrible shit going on over there. But you know whose problem that is? The Israel. Jews and the Palestinians. Right, yeah. No, Those agree. two have a problem, man, for real. And if I was one of them or with them, then I'd be like, yeah, we got to work this out. You know, like if, if I'm in a fist fight with somebody, <laughs> like we got to work it out, right? But if I'm watching a fist fight, not my fight. I can't. Yeah, I can't believe we got involved in all that. I mean, even Ukraine. It's like fuck Ukraine too. It's like I don't give a fuck about oh, that. I mean, it's it's just like I can't believe that. I mean, I can't believe that we get involved in all these conflicts. It's like it, it, it just is not. It has nothing to do with Maine. I have not. I don't give a fuck. I mean, but if you attack mainland Missouri, I mean, you, you attack mainland America. I mean, I may have something to say differently, but I, I mean, obviously, I will. But but I feel like I agree. And it's just like I don't give a fuck about any of their fights. I don't care about the conflicts. I'm not. I'm not going to die over like fake religions. You know, I think they're both fake religions. You know, but uh, I, I mean, not to be rude, but I mean, I mean, it's just like it's not my thing. You know. And like God bless them, still whatever. I mean, I hope. I hope. I mean, I could be wrong too. I mean, I'm not that fucking stubborn to where I think I'm always right. You know, but well, at the core, it's not our problem. 100. percent Yeah, no, it's not. And like, if they like, both it's not like seriously. Like, it's sort of like imagine if like my wife and I were having an argument, and you just like at a restaurant. It's like, hey, like what? It's like what the fuck's wrong with you, <laughs> right? And yeah. like, I uh, well, we gave money to Israel. Okay, okay, I get, I get what all the arguments are. I get it, right? But at the end of the day, if you really care that much, and some people do, man, there are some people who are working for aid organizations in Palestine or whatever, in Gaza. Cool, great. They're they're at least putting their money where their mouth is. You know, they have skin in the game, and I can respect that, right? But like, what the fuck are you arguing on Twitter about whatever with like somebody you don't know? But like, this is you've lost. Like, it's sort of. Like you said, you know, someone attacked Missouri. I mean, bro, the war's already started. This is just not a shooting war. This is a mimetic war, a war for minds. And the war has already started and is raging right now. And the way you lose is to argue with a bunch of fucking nitwits about Israel and Palestine when you live in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're arguing about that on Twitter instead of paying attention to your kids, you have lost that battle in that war. 
Yeah, that's it. You're over. Yeah, I definitely think it's different, man. It's definitely like a spiritual war. It's definitely a mental war. It's, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, and there's so many fronts. I mean, there's already two fronts in this world war already. I mean, I mean, we'll probably have more. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's not a good time. And like, uh, I mean, we had we had it good for a while. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really worried to be honest. My soul's infinite. I don't, and whatever, I just come back as a, again. You know, it's like whatever. You know, whatever, whatever you fucking even happens. I'm not that concerned about it really. Any of it. I mean, I have opinions, but they don't fucking matter. You mean it's just like, it's just like I, I have my own opinions, and like I feel like. I don't know. It's just like constant, just sadness, and just pumped into us constantly. And I'm just like, shut up. You get a press. You can just reject it, man. You can just say, no, that's not mine. Yeah, I mean, I do, and like, and they just creates more arguments with people. They fucking want to argue about me not caring. And it's that's, just like, then let let then they can go, uh, go not, go argue. I'll have fun. I'll see you later. I'm gonna <laughs> go over here with my kids. Yeah, no, that's real, man. And, and that, that's about where I'm at. I'm like, how how old are you again? Forty eight. 48, yeah. When did you start having kids? Uh, th- I waited, thankfully, because I would have been a really shitty father if I had kids early. Uh, my oldest is nine, so 39. Okay, and that's I'm 37. I'm about to where I'm about to that point where I start having kids too. I think, and and like I, I mean, and I think I, I, I didn't want to in my 20s. I, I was like one of those guys that thought like having kids is fucking stupid. To be honest with you, if, if you asked me at 21, I'd be like, it is in your 20s. It's stupid to have kids for most <laughs> dudes in their early 20s, especially. Yeah. Most dudes aren't ready. Yeah. Yeah, I had nothing going. Yeah, no, I had nothing going. Like, but now, now I could easily like afford to feed them and shit. Now, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like, like I can I'm, keep my kids alive now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel, though. I mean, and I, and I think I'm getting that. And one of my buddies, like he's, he's like that too. He kind of had a, a kid's a little bit older. And I think that's about where I'm at. And and, and like, uh, I, I just feel like the older I get, the more I actually care about things and have values and stuff. And, and actually, just, I mean. And I, and I definitely see that 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 being the future and like, uh, but I, but no back back to like the actual interview part of the show. I feel like I'm, <laughs> but uh, you you uh your marketing is on point, man. Like you you and uh you and Ron Holiday had like some of the best marketing I think in the 2000s, man. Like uh like like some of the, some of the shit you guys would pull and like uh it was just like was fucking hilarious. Like I like I want to point out the well you got what'd you get Kim you got Kim Kardashian to post some dumb shit about herself one time. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. That shit was, it was so something funny. funny about black. Something I don't remember, black dicks, or I don't know. Dude, I, I remember <laughs> reading that shit as a kid, just thinking that was so fucking funny, bro. Yeah. And like, like, your guys' guerrilla marketing, I think, is like, is very, very like 2000s, man. I think that that not people still haven't caught up to that quite yet. I don't think, like, it's well, you know, it's funny. It, it's why it's so easy for me to see the rage bait now and not fall into it because, like, right, I was one of the first people to really exploit that online. I think right, so. and like it more than a decade ago, I was getting people super riled up about fucking nonsense, right? And it, and it now I like, and, and so so it, which is like you know, the irony. I'm like, why is everyone falling for this? Well, well, like, I, I mean, I, uh, uh, that's the funny thing is that it, it's actually, it, I like in a way, I kind of feel bad because like it, it's like. It wasn't fucked up, like because a lot of what we were doing was kind of funny. I wasn't trying to manipulate someone into getting to war or whatever, but I was still using the same triggers and the same devices and the same the same wiring hacks, right? Um, uh, but I wish more people got it, man. Should I fall for it too? Sometimes there's definitely you. You look at my Twitter feed, you'll find every now and then. Like I'll fall into a trap and I fucking go ham on some other person. It's like arguing. It's like ah, oh, 
but like, it's tough, man. It's tough to 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 fall out of it. I it, they were funny, a lot of them, and they worked really well. But at the same time, it's like it almost feels like a teenager. Like, oh, remember when we used to like toilet paper people's houses? Like, okay, that's funny, but also like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what were you doing? You know, like the problem is. This is what a lot of there's entire governmental agencies that are dedicated to perfecting this and then executing it at scale on Americans. Uh, thank you, Obama, by the way. But you're, no, you're right. And I think like that was the difference. Yeah, I saw your mentality is like, like an adolescent, like prankster, prankster, uh, prankster kind of mentality. I, I mean, I yeah. see it now like that. As, as a kid, I, I mean, as a kid, I saw it was fucking funny. I didn't really think that deeply about it. I, I remember reading uh, I Hope You Serve Beer in Hell and thought that was just a fucking funny book. You mean yeah. like like to me it was just entertaining and it was funny and like yeah as an adult i kind of see that but it's also the thing too is like what, what i thought was interesting when i reached out to you originally was that that you grew out of that and you're not just like you're not like uh like like almost like 50 trying to be fonzie still you know i think that's very important yeah i, I, I think yeah. that like you have to you have to grow as a person i think that's very important too and i think that like you're not i mean it's like the beatles without like 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 how they evolved in like the short amount of time they were a band too. It's like they went from like I want to hold your hand like these psychedelic records and stuff. And I think that like that's kind of the same thing I see you do as an artist too. And I think that's important. And I think that's a good message for people that probably grew up reading your books. It's that like that wasn't the end game. That was just like adolescence. <laughs> like you mean it was like the, the end game wasn't being like wasn't being like a womanizing prankster kind of vibe and like, and like just partying all the time and stuff like that. But I mean, but it's and now it's like like it's evolved and like you're like uh and I, and I respect that a lot. And I think that a lot more people need to see that and also like kind of practice that. And you know, I think there's not a lot of good examples of famous people growing wise and old. You know, there's not a, there's not a lot of good examples of that. There's not a lot of people talking about like finding God, having a family, a fee, fee, uh, in like in like land and ran, like a ranch in your case. And, and I, I just I just think that's more. And in the next couple of interviews I have on here or whatever whatever I even call this show is, is a lot of people like that. I think like uh, like this one guy, one of the next guys I have, uh, he was like a guy who would like shoplift and just yell like boom gang. He, he, he'd like he like, like steal a bunch of shit, and be like ah, a whole lot of gang shit, blah blah. And now the guy's like a huge Christian. And, and like it's like it's interesting seeing him going from like shoplifting internet fame to, to like that. And I think you did a lot of that too without the as much I mean a different 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 sins, you know, different different adolescent sins, but different right. but uh but growing and I think that's important. I think I, I personally think it's important. I think people need to hear that. Like because I think that like um it's like that quote, it's like it's like people used to take acid to, to be weird, now they're taking Prozac to be normal. You know, I and I think that's like kind of a thing that that, that like uh that society needs. They need to realize that um that that people they look up to or people they read about or people whatever they grow and they're human beings and they and they you know I mean they don't stay adolescent forever and, and although wildly entertaining I probably well it depends on the person actually and that's sad and no you're right and that's sad and I, and that's what I meant as a compliment that you actually were smart enough to grow wise and and like grow as a person like you seem like you still have a good sense of humor you didn't become yeah, boring I mean it, like but, I wish I could say I was smart enough what really happened was I suffered enough. What right? do you mean by like, that? Like, I mean, like, listen, it, it, if if it hadn't have been painful, I never would have stopped, you know, hooking up with a bunch of girls and, you know, just having an irresponsible party lifestyle. But, like, you know, that's just not fulfilling, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, ultimately, for a while, it's super fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I had a ton of fun. In certain ways, I'm glad I did it, at least to go through the experience. But like, um, I, I, almost no one changes from wisdom. Like, like, ah, you know what? Like, they're not smart about. It. Like, that's a rare person who learns from the mistakes of others, right? And I'm, I'm not one of those, man. Like, maybe, 
maybe in a few specific instances. Most people change because they are, have suffered so much uh, as who they are and what they're doing that they're sick of that shit and they're willing to do something else. Like that, and that I was the same way, man. I I had to suffer a lot before I was willing to look at myself at all and accept uh, responsibility, you know, and own kind of what was going on. And um, and and so what most what a lot of people do in that situation is they'll instead they'll either double down on what they're doing or they just like stay who they are. Right. Or they or they'll change just a little bit enough or they don't they not they take Prozac, which you said they numb the pain. Right. And I like I was never going to do that. Like I'm not like that. The Numbing the pain is uh, to me the worst way to deal with it. Like figure I was like, why am I in pain? Let's solve the problem. Right. Getting rid of the pain is not solving the problem. That's masking the problem. Right. Um and so, like, I changed because I suffered. That's it. Like, and, and it, now, I, suffering led to wisdom, right? I tried everything I could to avoid having to take responsibility for my actions. If I could have found a way to do it, I would have. It doesn't exist, right? At least in stay healthy. You know, every path led to more suffering. The only path out of suffering was was doing doing my emotional work was the hard path the responsible path like that's it there was it which doesn't tell me having to have kids like my specific iteration of responsibility is not the same as everyone else's like it, it mine mine is mine but the point is like you know i had to get sick of my own suffering before i was ready to do it that's interesting. And, and you hit on a lot of points that I agree with, too. Like, I think the numbing thing, like, like I would just change smoke weed and stuff, like, through through stuff. But I'm, I'm just now getting off all that. I'm like, not that sounds like a pussy thing, but I'm getting off weed, guys. You know, but, but, I'm, but I mean, I literally would mask everything. I would change smoke joints yeah. and eat mad edibles and stuff, you know. And I, and I think I'm kind of getting out of that. And I think it is, like, the same kind of thing you're saying. I think it, it definitely helps to deal with yourself, I think, you know. And, and everyone's got different problems. I'm not trying to relate to you, your story or anything, but uh, I'm just saying, like, I, I definitely agree with a lot with what you said, man. That's very interesting and very uh, self-reflective. And I think that uh, most people would either not see that or not be able to talk about that. <laughs> like to be honest, like, like I feel like that. And, and you haven't lost your sense of humor too, which is interesting too. Because like, I think before before I had you on here, I was kind of wondering. I'm like, I'm like now these like home things are still fucking funny, and like you're still hilarious. You know what I mean? So it's like you didn't you didn't like lose your sense of humor in it at all. You still like have yourself. You just grew as a person. You know, and that's kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah, I mean that's ideally the way it should work, man. Like I. I was not one of those who, um, you, you know, you'll see like famous people or models, like people who kind of noteworthy people who do things will sometimes like get into a real bad spot and then quote unquote find God. But it just seems to me like all they do is they, God becomes their next addiction, right? Or religion does. And like, that wasn't me at all. Like I'm, I, I, no way, shape, or form do I consider myself religious. I don't go to church. I don't believe in dogma. I think it's all a shield. Um, I think it's all bullshit. Um, uh, I mean, I love the teachings of Christ and of Buddha and whatever, uh, but I think all they're doing is pointing the way, right? And and telling you, okay, here's kind of the way to do it. Here's a way to walk the path. But you got to walk the path, and you got to have the experience. And I think most religion is a shield from actual experience. 
Um, and so like I, I did, I found God, but in a, in a way, very few people do. And in a very different way. And to me, it was a direct experience, not like it wasn't like I was sitting up talking to God, but more the experience of God. And I was like, Oh, it was so funny, dude. It was actually, I, yeah, like I had never done psychedelics recreationally and then started doing them medicinally. And it was amazing for me, man. It worked wonders. MDMA was amazing. MDMA therapy was amazing. And then I did MDMA with LSD and it was like all of the teachings of Christ and Buddha made sense. I was like, I didn't understand at all what they were talking. And I had this deep, deep feeling of oneness of all things, you know, which is very common on psychedelics, but um, like, and I was like, Oh, this is exactly what Jesus meant when he said the kingdom of heaven is within. And like, I was like, Oh fuck, this is, this is what religious people, you know, like, I, I don't know if you know, like, you know, you you meet those Christians who are like they so embody the teachings of Christ that you're like, if all Christians were like you, I'd be Christian. You know, I got a friend like that who's actually from Utah. He's Mormon, and he's just like radiates love and peace, and and just like he he's like the Platonic ideal of an amazing Christian, right? And I remember like a few days after I did LSE and I had the experience of God. I I uh uh. I called him and I'm like, bro, when you say you have a relationship with God, you you actually mean that literally, don't you? You mean you're experiencing this. And I kind of described what I, the oneness and all. He goes, yeah, dude, I've been trying to tell you this. And I'm like, bro, I thought you were stupid. <laughs> I thought you just, no, like I thought you just believed the Mormon church's nonsense, stupid, like a transparently ridiculous dogma. He goes, well, yeah, I mean, like, like he didn't really say I don't believe the dogma, but he kind of is like, that's not what I mean when I talk about a relationship with God. And I was like, oh, God, I never had the, the experience, that joyful rapture, whatever you want to call it. And like, and I was like, oh, well, fuck, man, if this is what religious people are talking about. Now I know why they believe. If this is what they call faith, I wouldn't call it faith at all because it's an experience to me. I get it. And it, like, that's real. The experience was real. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Well, now I know. Now I now I still think a lot of religious people have not had that experience. And they're just believing because they were told that and whatever. But the people who have shared whatever, some version of that, and that can, I'm not, there's no, I'm not trying to gatekeep the experience because I like, by no means do I know always it can happen or whatever but like i get it like and that like that experience very specifically along with a lot of the other stuff was part of where i was like oh and I, like immediately i'm like oh atheism's stupid oh that's just dumb <laughs> like no it's totally wrong it's just wrong like that's clearly wrong yeah and in fact it's like once you have that experience like oh this is ridiculous like i don't know how people like sam harris can do mushrooms and claim he has these transcendent experiences and then turn around and reject God. I'm like, bro, what the fuck do you think God is, you idiot? Like, how can you have those experiences and still somehow spreadsheet brain yourself into saying God doesn't exist? Like, what is wrong? I can understand if you've never had the experience where I was. Like, I actually think it, 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 there's a level of intelligence and education where if you're not atheist, you're stupid. Because the arguments for God don't make sense. Like the intellectual arguments for God are just flat out wrong. They are philosophically inconsistent. There is no evidence for them. They are wrong. 
God's not an argument. You don't argue your way to God. You experience. I, you know, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that uh, it says in the Bible actually how people that don't uh, that, that don't uh, believe or whatever in, in whatever terminology, they they just will always like it, it calls them like fool. It's, so like basically they'll never. How do I describe this? It said in the Bible somewhere that basically, if you don't believe in God, it will all seem ridiculous to you, and, and yeah. you have to have to have that experience to understand it almost and and it took i was an atheist for a while too i mean or or i guess more satanic without really understanding it you know um and I, and, I, and i think even like even like when you were like living your lifestyle i mean you still called your book i hope they serve beer in hell so you're like you, you knew it was still <laughs> sin I, I mean like even so people sinning still know it's sinning even if they're not like readily admitting it you know but yeah. it's but so i mean i think that i mean that a lot of what you said i definitely agree i definitely yeah i i started out that way too i mean so you weren't you weren't like uh you didn't believe in God your entire life either, like basically. No, I was I was always atheist, even as a little kid, just because like I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. What do you mean, like part of the Red Sea? That's stupid. You can't do that. Like what? Like guy, I'm like guys, these are all fables. Like, can you? What is wrong with you, idiot adults? Like, why would you not realize these are metaphors and fables? Which I still think they are, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong. Like no one looks at the you know the Greek gods and says, well, these are stupid stories because they're not true. It's like no, they're fucking metaphors and fables to tell, to teach and experience whatever. And it's like okay, great, take them for what they are, right? Um, uh, like, but like so like it just into logically you cannot get from logic and reason to God. I don't care what Aquinas says. I don't care what Sir Thomas More says. Like, you cannot do it. It doesn't work. They are, the thing I intu that came super clear to me was like, it was like, I don't even know what like a good metaphor. It's like they, like reason and logic are great. And in a material world, to help you explain and understand a material world within a certain system, reason and logic and rationality are fantastic tools, but they are limited, right? And and I think the experience of God is like a different level of consciousness. And I just don't think you can get to God from reason and logic and rationality. In fact, I know you can't because no, it's. God, an, like, I think God selects you. I, like that's how I felt. I, I felt like I was like I was like almost like draft picked by God almost because like, because I, I went from like I, I went from just like like a kind of moron kind of prankster kind of vibe to, to like I felt how dirty my soul was and I'm like I'm like oh man that did that's what wrong what you know I'm not I think it's the other way around I think God's always there I think the experience is always there and available and you you opt in okay that could be I mean that definitely could be too I mean I can see both sides I mean I like, needed I needed psychedelics to help open me up because I was so traumatized and so much shit and I just couldn't I didn't know how to open up and then now I can I feel like I can connect into that energy I, I would not call that talking to God or like it's just connecting into the divine energy right I feel like I can do that pretty well maybe not at will but like if I stop and focus and, and are very sincere about it, I can connect into that energy, at least on some level, uh, pretty much anytime I want, right? And so I think that ability was always there. It's, it's just me, you know? Like, I wow. have to decide that I'm going to do that. And I think that requires, you know, all the th humility. I don't think it really requires faith the way we... I think of faith as belief without proof. And, and I mean... The experience of God was more, that's proof to me. 
Like that's my, I believe my experiences at least I don't know everything it means. Right. But I, I know like, like I know water is wet because I experience it. Like that's the proof I need. Right. Yeah. And a, <laughs> like a, lot, a lot of things kind of coincide with, with the Bible as a history book too. I mean, for the, for the Red Sea argument, I, they, they were finding, um, they were finding a bunch of like stuff at the bottom of the sea. But like, Dude, look, look man, yeah. Cause you could drop it out of fucking boats. Look, man, like, well, like and, and, people I mean, they, who are, tr bro, it, you know what vegans who try and make everything burgers, you know, like, oh, I got pee, you know, pee, like that, that always feels like the religious so people who are trying to reason their way into why the Bible's literally correct. That's and it's funny. like, listen, man, like you can find good evidence that there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that maybe is more true than people think. Um, but like at the same time, like, you know, I'm not buying that Methuselah is 900 years old. Right. And like, come on, like, I, let, let's just I like, and I, and honestly, I don't even care how accurate ah, it is yeah. in terms of a historical document. Right. Like if is it 10% accurate? Is it 80% accurate? It doesn't matter. Like it, it really doesn't like, at least to me, like, right. It, what matters is what can I take from it now? How can it help me relate to my kids, be a better man, um, understand my world, connect better with the, the energy of the divine, whatever, right? And whether it's literally happened or it's a story, doesn't it make, what difference does it make to me? You know? I mean, it's an interesting question. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It is. But like it's sort of like arguing about how many an angels can dance on the head of a pin. It's like I don't. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I, yeah, it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter, I guess. But it, but it's like, uh, yeah. And I think everybody's experience is kind of different, man. I think everybody's like this all collab of the planet. You know, I, I think everybody's kind of experience is different. And I, I mean, and, and it looks like like on, on like topographical maps, it seems like we're on the top of mountains after the flood still too. I mean, uh, uh, like just like a a lot of things I've seen that like. Um, it just kind of like makes sense later that I probably would have just laughed at as like it. I probably, if you asked me in like 21, I probably would have laughed at everything I just fucking said, to be honest with you. But, but, but as an adult, I, I feel like I almost like see, I see more signs of it, but I don't necessarily have proof. I mean, there's no fucking proof on this earth. I, that's the test, you know, I feel like. I mean, I, I got all the proof I needed. I just mean like you're saying with the logic and reason aspect of proof. Yeah. Not, no, no. I mean, like, I, bro, I mean, I can tell you as someone who studied this, like, the the spreadsheet brain philosophers who say that you cannot reason your way to God are right. They are right. But uh, that yeah. fact by itself does not disprove the existence of God. Oh, the lack of evidence for something does not mean evidence does not exist. 100%. 100%. Right? And, and, and the way that they think of as evidence, like defining evidence from a rational perspective, that's only one kind of evidence, Right. And so, like, like, I, I just, I, you can't convince me that my experience didn't exist. And I can't, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I talked to God or that meant, means that God exists or whatever. I unquestionably experienced the transcendent. And, and there are people like, who have arguments, oh, it's like the bio, biochemical process and this and that. And I'm like, nah. I, I know that. I know the evidence for that. I know why you're saying that. I know where it's going. And I know what I felt and I know what I saw. And it wasn't just that one experience on LSD. I've had plenty of others on other medicines where I'm like, okay, like, 
first off, shit's way more complicated than the Christians think in terms of the afterlife and everything else. I think the Buddhists are probably more accurate. Um, and it appears like the, the Tibetan and the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which were written like a thousand years apart and are very similar, are almost, I think, almost exactly right. But like the point is, however you want to define God's source and all-encompassing energy, divine energy, whatever, uh, um, unquestionably exists. And like, and um, yeah, like, so it's just like, okay, cool. And so now for me, it's just like, all right, well, that exists. Now it's just about connecting with it, maybe trying to understand it a little bit, work with it. That's it. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely, I think reincarnation, you know, I, I tend to. No I, doubt. I think no I, doubt. I, think I, I remember no wife even. I think I remember even yeah. like selecting this wife out of like a couple other. like. That's children. a heretical view for Christianity though, by the way. I agree. I, I know that. But, but, but although actually modern Christianity, because early Christianity, you look at the Essenes and the Gnostics and the early Christians we're all like almost every religion karma is a foundational karma and reincarnation but reincarnation is a foundational multiple lives foundational belief it was only i think it was like the council in the sea or the diet of worms or one of those that kind of removed that from the christian uh the, the sort of the christian belief system um but like it's a modern heretical view but it's unquestionably right i think I do think that I do think I've been here before, and I do think that uh, it's it's another test. And, and like, uh, but I mean, but I, mean, I like as a Christian, I'm, I don't feel like I'm in like this like Tupperware jar of like Christian. I, I think Jesus is the is the is the gateway to like like you know. And I think like I definitely believe Jesus like died for our sins and all stuff. And, and I even have like this like rosary, and I'm not Catholic. You know, it's like it's like I just I just serve. I, I just think Christ was a prophet, son of God, and I believe in God. But I, but I don't think I understand fucking anything. I, I I think I have a bunch of guesses, and and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of figuring it out. I'm basically a fucking moron and I'm self-aware of that you know I'm self-aware of the fact that I have no I'm like my soul had some weird amnesia thing when I came here to where they blocked out past memories or I think something. that's the I way it works that. man I don't know many I, people who walk around like know all their past lives <laughs> that's a pretty rare thing dude. have you have you seen those hypnotist studies like uh, with that yeah yeah no like Doris uh Dolores Cannon and there's some people who do some amazing stuff with that that's like whoa what are they doing like this is like there's no way like to be taught like hypnotize some woman who's like speaking Aramaic and lay talking about some shit that like historians are like how the hell does she know that like yeah no there's something there man for sure there's something there I listen to the audiobooks. I'm illiterate, but uh, but I but I uh, I I really believe that story. And, and like it's weird, it felt real when they were describing it to me. Like uh, that, that whole like uh, past life thing really made a lot of sense. And I think like um, yeah. I, I, I it really clicked with me. And, and I and I think that like I don't know. I think I don't think you could even it, that that's the problem I have with Christianity. Is mostly is that like is is like they put themselves in this like genre thing. Like, like, and then they're just like, oh, I, I can only believe these things I'm fucking told to believe and like all this stuff. And it's like, I, like, I don't know. I think it's just about serving God really. And like being a good person, which comes in like the karma and all that too, you know, like, like the other religions speak of. I mean, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, it's not what Jesus said. I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, it's true. If you look, no, I look agree. The, I'm laughing. The Bible, right. I, well, first off, like, you know, listen, what's written in the Bible, who knows how accurate that is to what Jesus said. Um, I don't know. I, I claim no special expertise on that at all. But if you look at what Jesus actually taught, you really look at like like the Jeffersonian Bible or the red line version where it's like, what did Jesus say? And in what context? And what did he probably mean? Right. If you look at that, it's not about like what he basically what he it, it appears to me what he's 
trying to do is teach people. And he says this over and over. Like the, he says, you know, you, you can do what I do. You can have what I have. Like all you must do is ask and, and to receive. Like he talks about manifestation. He talks about healing trauma. He talks about connecting with source, with God, you know, with the father. Um, uh, he talks about kingdom of heaven is within. What he's doing is teaching people how to how to do the work, right? How to do the emotional work, how to connect with source outside of the church. He's like, you, bro, I mean, this dude went into the fucking temples and kicked over the fucking tables and like cursed at and debated with all the priests. There's no one who hated the organized religion more than Jesus. No yeah. one. Yeah, and the Christians. Right? No one. And so, like, like uh, Jesus was like not just a radical for his time, but if you actually look at his teachings, independent. Like, I didn't. Grow, I grew up going to Episcopal church, so it's like it's you know it's it's not even real religion. It's like a social club that you know that has like a cross at, at the at the front, and that's like how, and so, that's actually how I view all churches. <laughs> no, but like, but Episcopal doesn't even pretend really. And so, like, well, like when I like I really started got to like Jesus and, and studied him, it was from a very objective perspective without a lot of baggage, right? And it was like, oh, well, shit, man, like this makes sense. Like, I'm not talking about when I studied in college, like you know, from a historical whatever. I'm talking about like after like I had the experience of God and then went back and like read like the gospels. I'm like, hmm, this is not what you're told, Jesus. Like the whole fuck, how many people like Jesus is Lord? Je Bro, Jesus like was very clear about no, 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 no. I like I'm not. Don't worship me. Like like it's very clear in the Gospels. Like the like I want like these. Listen to my teachings to have the experience I had. Don't worship me and then imitate what I'm doing as a mockery instead of having the experiences. Bro, if you look at communion. It seems to me it is it's like a cargo cult. It's people imitating the actions of Jesus instead of having the experience of Jesus that Jesus had, right? And like that's what I think with and this is what I am getting into the weird stuff, man. Like if you read like like the the guy who um like the 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 one guy on the Dead Sea Scrolls committee who like kind of broke from the group and was like, I need to tell the truth of what's in here. And like, I mean, like he wrote some crazy shit, man, like about how like basically Jesus was in a mushroom cult and that like, uh, this is, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, no one knows this. Talk about that a lot. Yeah, no. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like, um, bro, like, the, like I read his stuff, and I like I read it a few years ago, and I was like, I'm actually going to come back to it now because, like, when I read it, I'm like, okay, I don't, I have no way to know if this guy, what this guy is saying, is accurate or not. This, but if he's right, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> this is crazy, right? And and uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't know, but the point is, at a minimum, I think like. What he taught, if you really look at it, man, and you really read it, and, it, and you got to assume the Gospels have been edited by a bureaucratic organization that wants you to not worship. They want you to say Jesus is Lord because if he's Lord and they're his representatives on earth, then they're in charge, right? 
But what yeah. if that's not what he's saying? L- read it as if he's trying to teach you how to commune with God. He is. No, he is. And he's just, but then no, it's different. Talking. It's very different. No, I agree with that like, a lot, honestly. Like, I definitely agree with that. It's weird. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, if I was the devil, I would definitely trick everybody by religion. You know, I mean, it, it's definitely. I mean, it definitely makes sense in the like, King James, like rewrote it and there's books missing and there's like, oh, I mean, like th- th- this century, these books matter. The next century, they don't. It's just, yeah. I mean, it doesn't- gospel of Mary, gospel of Thomas, gospel. There's a, there's a quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. Like, uh, but I feel like before we talk for nine more hours, we should get out of here. I feel like you have stuff to do. I feel like I have stuff to do. I feel, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this has gone on too long, but it could go on. I'm, I'm actually up past my bedtime. It's 10 o'clock my time. I'm normally in sleep right now. <laughs> That's how, yeah. you, that's how you know I got young kids. 10 o'clock. Oh, no. Bedtime. Yeah, I'm an early guy, too. I wake up. And I, but, I, no, I, I appreciate you. Like you said, going, I appreciate going backwards in your career and coming here um, for this cell phone podcast. I definitely appreciate that. And, like, I, like a lot of good conversation, a lot of good talks. And, like, yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. Like, uh, it was an honor to uh, meet you after reading your book years ago and stuff. I was a big, fa- a big fan of your work and stuff. So, honored to meet you as well. Um, if there's anything you want to throw out, like, link-wise, I don't give a – I mean, just whatever promo you want. There's still, like, five or people watching right now. So, if you want to throw it out to them. No. Uh, I mean, the only thing I really would have the promo is I just launched – uh, I'm doing a memoir mastermind because I'm writing my next memoir and like I wasn't writing it and I was being a total shit bird. And so like, I'm like, All right, how can I make myself write this? And so uh, I'm like, oh shit, I'll just like get a group of people to pay me money to teach them how to do it and take them through the process and promise them that I'm going to write mine with them, which I will. And then I'll never let those people down, which is true. Like that's the, the best way to make sure I show up is to make a promise to people I care about, especially people who are paying me, like paying me and like um, who are trusting me. And so I, I launched that program like two weeks ago. It's doing great. Like I've already got about 10 really good people signed up for it or so. It's on TuckerMax.com. It's like the first post, but it's like super expensive. It's like 30 grand. I'm not trying to do a podcast to promote it. It's it's only for like people who have a bunch of money who want to write their memoir and like, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to end up writing a book on this and launching a lower end program that's make it way more accessible to a ton of people. Because uh, I think there's a lot of people who want to tell their story. And um, and I want to help, like, I'm really good at that. Uh, you know, and that, that's a thing that I, I don't think's ever really been taught super well. Um, and so I'll end up coming out with that book and, and having a, a super cheap or free program for people eventually. But like, that's the thing I'm doing right now. My next step is... I'm writing my memoir with this group and uh, and then I'll probably write a book about how to write a memoir and help people because every dude, the, bro, you'll see, man, if you ever write a book, the first thing everyone's going to do is ask you how you did it and they're going to tell you they want to write a book. <laughs> and if you break it down, it's always they want to tell their story because the guy, man, the reality is most people, even you meet someone who's like, oh, he's like a elementary school janitor. That was a crazy life story. It's like, oh shit, your dad left you when you were three? Like, I mean, so uh, I think, and I think a lot of people keep those in and they die with them in them and it's fucking sad. And I think a lot of people, when they actually sit back and do that and think about their life and 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 tell it, it opens up a lot. I have only seen it happen hundreds of times, right? So that's that's kind of my next thing, what I'm doing. And like, when when does your memoir come out? Or do you have a predicted time? Oh no, because I have been, I have, it has been a major roadblock for me, bro. It's like it's a big dog thing to bring out the accountability, like the the people paying you accountability device. 
I have been trying to write this memoir for like four years and it's like, it's not coming. Like it's all, it's all kinds of resistance, man. Which is funny. Cause like, I know everything there's a know about writing memoirs. I've written four New York times bestsellers, number one bestseller memoirs. And those are the ones I get credit for. I've NDA'd a bunch of other celeb memoirs that I got paid a lot for and didn't, my name's not on. And so I've done a bunch, right? I know how to do this, but bro, knowing how to do it uh, is not, uh, that's not the hard part of a memoir. It's sitting down and going through the emotional work of telling yourself the truth about your life. That's rough, dude. It's hard. And, and even for me, you know, it's, it's never, it's never not hard. It's always cause, cause the deeper you go, the harder it's like, you know, weightlifting. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, like I, it used to be hard for me to bench 225 and now I, I do it for reps. Well, there's still a weight that I struggle at, you know, <laughs> so like 315 is still really hard. It's really hard for me now or whatever. What are the weight is? And so like same thing with memoir, the deeper you go, the more you go, you kind of uh, go into your life. It, you can always find a part that's really hard. Yeah, I'll definitely read that when that comes out, man. I think I think you're a great writer with work, like uh, just words in general, man. Like, even kind of I've never spoken before until today. And like, like you have a really articulate and very interesting way of speaking and i think that comes across in your books as well like yeah like kind of write like you speak i guess because i've read i've read your books before i met you and like um no i think i think it's awesome man. i hope everybody like kind of checks it out and stuff like um tuckermax.com's in the in the description if you guys want to check it out and be lazy and just click a button rather than type um yeah no i, I appreciate that and uh can i borrow 30 grand <laughs> uh, uh, I, when I when I set up a bank, you're welcome to get in line and put uh, put up an application, but not for just, na not not right now. No, I'm just fucking around. But, but but thanks for being on, man. I appreciate you uh, being on my cell phone show, and uh, thank you everybody watching. Um, like if if uh, if Tucker wasn't here and you weren't watching, this would be fucking delusional. So I appreciate um everybody taking part in this. Uh, it'd just be a dude in a bus fucking mumbling. So uh, thank you all, and uh, thank you Tucker for guesting, and uh, thank you everybody for watching. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here though and go live my life later on. Thanks, thanks Anthony.